Welcome to the What is Happening in Salt Lake podcast series, brought to you by slc.gov and the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. The purpose of the podcast series is to review topics relevant to Salt Lake-based business owners and startups, as well as to highlight success stories from other entrepreneurs. Good morning, Salt Lake City. We are here today for another episode of What's Happening in Salt Lake. My name is Roberta Reichelt. I'm with Salt Lake City Department of Economic Development, and I'm here with my colleagues. I'm Will Wright with Salt Lake City Economic Development. And I'm Paul Wolford with the Miller Business Resource Center at Salt Lake Community College. And I'm Kristen Lavalette with Local First Utah. Great. So this is our maybe seventh or eighth podcast talking about relevant topics and hopefully helpful hints for um, small business in Salt Lake. And today we are so happy to have Kristen with us from Local First to talk about buying local. So let's just jump into it. Tell us a little bit about Local First, actually. Yeah, absolutely. So Local First Utah, we are a nonprofit organization. Uh, We have been in existence since about 2006. We're one of the first groups of our kind in the country. And what we do is we work to educate the public, the government, and business owners about the economic and social benefits of buying from locally owned businesses. So that ranges from, you know, conversations like this here today, providing marketing and resource tools to independent businesses. We do a lot of online social media promotion. We coordinate events in neighborhoods and communities. Um, And everything we do is really targeted towards helping uh, citizens understand how important independent businesses are to our economies and our communities. And from what I understand, you're a member organization, correct? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, something really exciting. In 2019, we made the choice to transition to a membership-based organization. For a lot of years, we offered our resources for free to businesses. And we found in 2019 that what we wanted to do was build deeper relationships with the businesses who were part of what we call the Buy Local Movement. So we have really great uh, benefits available for businesses that join the organization. It's not very expensive at all. We were really cautious in choosing the membership rates so that it's affordable for all types of businesses. Great. Well, first of all, let's just talk about what, you know, when you're educating the community, what are you, what are your main points in telling them why it's important to buy local? Sure. So there's really kind of two, maybe three platforms that we talk about. First are the economic benefits of buying locally. And then there's the social and cultural benefits of buying locally. So when we talk about the economic benefits, and it's also very important for us to define what buying locally means. So that is, we describe local as locally owned and independent. So it's not a geographic measurement. It's not your closest Walmart or your closest Target. It's businesses that are owned by Utahns and that are operated with no outside financial assistance from a corporate partnership or headquarters. Their owners live in Utah. That's, that's the important piece. That's what really determines how the money is recirculated in our economy. So when I talk about the economic benefits of buying from locally owned businesses, first and foremost, more money stays in Utah's economy when you buy locally. We conducted a study in 2013. It's the Utah study series with an organization called Civic Economics. And they studied businesses in Salt Lake City, in Ogden, and in Wayne County, which is where Capitol Reef National Park is. Wayne County is really interesting because it's one of the most rural counties in the entire country. And we found that in the state of Utah, for every $100 spent with a locally owned business, $55 stays in our economy recirculating. And you compare that to 
the standard that for every $100 spent in a, a national store, a chain retailer, something along those lines, it's only about $13 that stays in Utah's economy. So that's four times more money that stays here. And when you consider buying online, an Amazon or an organization like that, it's really pennies on the dollar that stay in Utah. There's almost no positive economic benefit when you buy from Amazon. I was just curious, like what kind of hurdles do the local businesses have in Utah competing with some of these big national brands? Right. So a lot of what we talk about is what we call leveling the playing field. So this time of year is a great example. You have these uh, national stores. So, you know, a week away from Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, the holiday shopping season. So you have these uh, national retailers that they have entire departments of people dedicated to formulating their social media strategies, dedicated to figuring out how to sell and discount things during the holiday season. And they have that in almost every regard to their business. But for most independently owned businesses, it's one or two people behind the scenes who are figuring out how do I get my business name out there during this time of year? How do I market myself? How do I know that the products that I'm selling are what people really want? And so when we talk about leveling the playing field, it's just making things a little more accessible to small businesses. And then we work a lot to speak on their behalf. So a lot of what we do, while we do highlight and market some of our member businesses, one thing that we also talk about a lot is just the general concept for citizens is just to be aware of buying from locally owned businesses. So we may not necessarily say directly, go shop at this store, but as we're educating consumers about all of the benefits of buying from locally owned businesses, our goal is for them to really make you know, a sea change in their spending habits and to change that consumer behavior. Okay, yeah. I think it's interesting we're seeing, you know, nationally this sort of vote with your dollars movement mm -hmm. where it's becoming more and more um, relevant of paying for something for from a Target or Walmart versus a local business. And people are saying vote with the whole shifter spending movement. Mm -hmm. So you can make a political statement even, you know, instead of buying from a big, large company like a Nike going to your local sportswear store or whatever and supporting those. So I think it's interesting. It's just a very popular movement we're seeing over the years. Or is it something we're going back to? I don't know. Uh, that's a really good question. And I, I think it's a little bit of both. So it's hard to say we want to go back to a certain era in history because you can't. But what we do want to do is create a little bit of equilibrium in the way the economy works right now. Uh, we know that there is, again, back to that level playing field. Uh, we know that there's a lot of inequity and income inequality. And when we choose to spend our money locally, when we, like you said, vote with our dollars, we keep that recirculating in our economy and it strengthens our own local economy. It keeps us stable and sustainable over the long run. Uh, there's some interesting research that shows that communities that have businesses that are more diverse. They may not have extremely large businesses, but they have a diversity of businesses. They actually outlast and survive recessions better than communities where there is one major employer. That's uh, and the clearest example of that that we see is Rust Belt communities. So you have a lot of communities uh, through the, the Midwest, certain parts of the West that were dedicated to coal production, oil production, natural resources in that sense. Or automakers. Automakers yeah. is a great example. Yep. You know, they were thriving communities. They had spectacular employee benefits, really, really great stuff. And then the markets changed. And a lot of those big businesses shifted and changed. 
and the employees are who lost out in that process. And so now you see in those Rust Belt communities, they've gone through a period of time um, where things were really rough and really tough in a lot of those communities. And you see that outcome even in our political environment. So just this, the idea of having a diverse ecosystem in our local economy protects the economy in a thousand different ways. And that's not, I'm not speaking from a protectionist point of view either. I'm speaking from a healthy garden point of view. Yeah. What about for uh, customers and consumers? Are there any benefits to specific to them for buying local? Sure. There absolutely are social and cultural benefits, and I can talk about those in a moment. But the economic benefits, they connect to the customers as well, because our system is designed, our, our sales tax system, our property tax system, it's designed for when consumers purchase a product in their community, their sales tax that goes to their city, their sales tax that goes to their county. And I know nobody likes paying taxes, but the reality is if you want to drive on a road, if you want your child educated in a good school, you have to pay something. You have to be part of the process in some way, shape or form. So that's one area in which there's an economic benefit to citizens when they buy from locally owned businesses. Also, speaking socially and culturally, you know, communities that have uh, more thriving independent businesses, they have actually healthier people live there. So we hear a lot these days about being kind to one another in the kind of world that we live in. And independent businesses, they also contribute to charities at a higher rate than national stores, big box stores, et cetera. So we have the opportunity, I call it loving your neighbors. We have the opportunity when we buy from locally owned businesses that we participate in that experience of loving your neighbors because those businesses are also giving to charities. There's a few other pieces as far as cultural and social health uh, when you buy from a locally owned business, one that I find particularly interesting is that communities with a better small business community, they actually also have higher voter turnout and higher civic participation in their local politics. So people just, when they get out of their house, when they walk around a neighborhood, when they meet, you know, when you, you meet the people on your street, you care more about the place where you live. And so you engage in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. I've also heard you say, you know, in about the shopping experience, or it's been said that your experience going into a local business versus a Walmart, what is the experience you're getting? You have a, the, an owner who's very passionate about the products they have on their shelves. So you're walking in there and if you have questions about this, this and that, you know, they are more than happy to talk to you. That's a huge thing. And also unique products. Like you're going into, again, using the example of a Walmart. You can get that stuff on Amazon. You can get that stuff on Target or wherever. You're going into a business that you can pull out this great gift and give it to someone knowing that they're probably not going to find that anywhere else. And I think that shopping experience is something that is is really important to people, whether they realize it or not. So it seems like the economy is changing in, in a lot of ways. And one trend that I've been seeing is a lot of people are leaving their corporate jobs or they're leaving working for these big brands where they're not valued or respected and they're starting their own local companies. Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give to people that are branching out from those, I don't know, horrible positions they find themselves in or mm -hmm. they're miserable at their job and they're looking to start a new thing? What advice do you have for them? Ooh, um, lace up your boots real tight because <laughs> okay. it's, it's going to be a lot harder than you think it will be. And I think from the get-go, build relationships with people in your community. Build healthy friendships. Build good camaraderie with the people around you. 
because we are all in this together and you're you're going to need the support of a lot of different businesses as you start your business. There's no such thing as like a one man band. Everyone is dependent upon everyone else. And so when you branch out in that way and you're looking to start your own business, recognize that you may not be part of a large corporation any longer, but you are still part of a large ecosystem and you you need to, there needs to be give and take in that process. Okay. Yeah. I think that's good to remember when starting a business. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that we work with here at Salt Lake Community College and they sometimes come to us because they just feel so alone and they don't have any mm-hmm. kind of a support group mm-hmm. to get through right. the initial stages of their businesses. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thought. That's actually that idea of a support group. That's one of the other benefits that we deliver to our local First Utah members. Yes, we provide services to them, but also we host a lot of different events. We have member mixers. We have a really great annual fundraiser. And a lot of that is just based on the idea of bringing business owners into a room with their peers. So they're amongst people who go through the same things that they go through on a daily basis. And it's not always necessarily come into this room and we'll teach you something. Sometimes it's just come into this room and be with people who are like you. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. I think that's super Sorry, supportive or really helpful for a small business owner because they do often feel like they're alone. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, we know that small business owners put their heart and souls into their yeah. jobs. Yeah. You're yeah, thinking about your business 24-7. Yeah. You know, at a normal nine to five, you can walk out the door and forget about mm-hmm. your job for that day. These guys have it on their minds all the time. Right. And so having that support, we hear about this all the time, is having a network of other people that are going through similar experiences, mm-hmm. how important that is to have. Um, And we also, just a little plug for this podcast series, we've done, uh, we've covered other podcasts on starting your own business and how you connect to resources Mm -hmm. in the community and things like that. That's great. So Yeah, and to echo what Kristen and Roberto have been saying, it's really interesting to see, never be afraid to reach out because I think people would be surprised and even shocked at how cooperative the local business climate is Mm -hmm. and not competitive. Mm -hmm. It really is a rising tide floats all boats and everybody does want everyone else to succeed. Mm -hmm. That is a very cool thing about local business. So let's talk about how local businesses benefit communities and neighborhoods, not just the people that go into the stores, but as establishing yourself as a neighborhood. You know, that's something I think Salt Lake City is sort of still up and coming as far Mm -hmm. as we've got some very, very established neighborhoods, but I feel like we could be doing better. And, and, you know, from our, our standpoint in the Department of Economic Development, we feel that the local business community is sort of the crux of a great neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about when you go to cool cities like Portland or Austin and you, you hear about the neighborhoods you want to go visit, why are you doing that? It's because you've heard about some cool bars or restaurants or retail that you that you want to visit and how they're all sort of within walking distance of each other. And so how does local business really benefit building out of neighborhoods, I guess? Sure. I mean, a myriad of ways. One that you just described is the idea of of becoming a destination. But even for the people who live around those neighborhoods, it creates healthier connections between the residents and the business owners. It increases public safety. So when you have a community where you have, you know, in a neighborhood business district, you probably don't really want a 24-hour economy, but you still have you know, a bakery that's opening at 6 a.m. and a restaurant that's closing at 11 p.m. You have people out and about in the community. You typically have a greener space and you have a cleaner space. And also those business districts provide stability over the long run to a neighborhood. 
And so we work in education and community development, and we work with small businesses to help build the economy here in Utah. And what kind of things can we do better as far as education or working with our clients to support the local economies and businesses? That's a great idea. I think oftentimes the teenage business is looked over in business resources. The idea of everybody contributes a lot of resources towards startups or entrepreneurs, but sometimes the business that has been open five or 10 years, they need a certain kind of resource and support as well. They might need uh, different uh, capital financing models. They might need different support with their staff. They might need help understanding how do I provide health insurance for my staff without going bankrupt? How do I expand my building? How do I keep the facade of my building clean? Things along those lines. How do I plan to possibly eventually sell my business? Or how do I make a plan for my son or daughter to inherit my business? So some of those sort of mid-growth business stages I usually don't see a lot of resources for those businesses. Okay. I have a question too now. How would you say that local business plays in the role of boosting up the minority business community? Would you know, and particularly in Salt Lake, if the majority of minority businesses are local or if how they play a role in supporting our minority business community? Yeah. Speaking mostly anecdotally in this area, um, I don't have a lot of research behind this, but I know for myself, for businesses that often participate with Local First Utah, we see more women-owned businesses than we do anything else as part of Local First Utah. And I think in some degrees, women are often more collaborative and more, more willing to cooperate in that sense. So a small business offers a lot of pathways for women-owned entrepreneurship. And I think you know businesses rise out of the needs of a community if they're really going to survive and thrive. So you'll see that in minority communities. You'll see businesses developing that that the community itself needs. And the people who know how to meet those needs are those who are within that community. Do you have other things you yeah, want to talk about? Yeah, I have yeah. just a couple of other thoughts. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about retail and restaurant when we talk about locally owned businesses. Yeah. That's what you think of too. Right, you yeah. do. Because I think as consumers, that's our interaction. That That's how we know this, this is who we do business with. But uh, one of the reasons that locally owned businesses keep more money in our economy is because locals do business with other locals. They are far more likely to connect with other businesses. And that's also why, you know, national stores, chain retailers, Amazon, that's why they don't recirculate money in our economy, because all of those services are in-house. So your small business, I like to think of it as when you spend your hard-earned money with a small business, it becomes their hard-earned money. And they use that to keep their doors open. They, they pay their website host. They pay their web designer. They pay their accountant. They pay their landscaper. Obviously, they pay their staff. They pay to procure items in their store, a lot of which are either locally grown or locally made. So they are recirculating their money in the economy the same way we are. And by and large, service providers, by their nature, are locally owned businesses. You're not going to find a lot of non-local landscapers. You know, those are typically people who are here in our community. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's part of how that money recirculates. And just another thing that you about that you mentioned earlier too is that's really important to mention about local business communities is sustainability. And that's something that is really important to us at Salt Lake. Um, we have a whole sustainability department 
And we find that local business communities are much more walkable. They um, support more green space, making the storefronts look nice and friendly to walk into. And so when we want to talk about what do they do as far as like reducing the footprint, they go they go a lot longer than than your big box stores for, for a myriad of reasons. So. Right. So properties will be used in a lot more diverse ways as well. So we definitely see in the 80s, tons of malls, tons of big box stores were opened up. Through the 90s and into now, we now see a lot of those stores that are just vacant properties and they're a blight on the community because it doesn't affect a Walmart if it closes one store in a neighborhood, but it affects that neighborhood. And so an independent business, they're more closely tied to their community, and it's a lot less likely for a small property to stay vacant for, you know, years and years than it is a a big property. I'm just wondering now, um, how do people get involved with Local First? And do you have any upcoming events or or things that are going on that people should know about? Yes, (laughs) we have a really big upcoming event. It's Small Business Saturday. So that is uh, Saturday, November 30th. It is the the day after Black Friday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And American Express started Small Business Saturday about 10 years ago, but it's really taken on a life of its own in small local communities. So one thing that Local First Utah is doing in partnership with the Business Development Department is we're hosting the second annual Shop Small Crawl. And so if you are listening to this and you're thinking, I don't really have a good idea of what a neighborhood business district is. Come out to the shop small crawl because it is the epitome of neighborhood shopping. So we're having right now, I think we're at about 45 businesses that are participating and they're all businesses in the 9th and 9th neighborhood, Harvey Milk Boulevard, Central 9th, Granary District, 1100 East and Sugar House. So you really could walk through all of these business districts in one day. And we have passports that are going to be available for shoppers. They can pick them up at any of the participating businesses. They can get their passport stamped as they shop, and then they can turn them in at the end of the day. And all of those businesses that are part of the event, they've all donated gift cards. So you can just you can turn in your passport, you know, pull a gift card out of a hat as a special prize while supplies last, of course. And so so it's a great way to give back to your community by shopping. You can make sure your money stays in the economy. And if you're clever, you can win some pretty great prizes. Wow, that's awesome. After Small Business Saturday, we're also continuing through what we call Shift Your Spending Month. So a big part of our uh, call to action during the holiday season, uh, Local First Utah likes to encourage people to shift 10% of your spending towards locally owned businesses. And this is something we haven't talked about just yet. So buying locally is not an all or nothing equation. It's not you can only buy food grown in Utah and you can only buy clothes from a locally owned business. That's that's not a sustainable reality. So what we encourage people to do is shift their spending where they can. So along with that multiplier effect that we learned in that civic economics study that I mentioned earlier, we also have the shift impact, which is that if every household in Utah shifted 10% of their annual spending towards locally owned businesses, $1.3 billion would stay in the state's economy each year, oh my gosh. which is a tremendous amount of money. And honestly, it's probably higher now because we did that survey six years ago, and there's probably a lot more Utah households now than there were six years ago. And so what we encourage people to do is just look at where they're already spending. Look at where you're spending for the holiday season. Look at where you're spending in your normal everyday course of life and choose to shift some of that over to locally owned businesses. Um, we're not asking people to spend more money than they already spend. 
Um, We're not asking people to buy more expensive products. We're just saying, use what you have in a way that benefits everyone. So any closing thoughts on that? Can you plug your website? And is there like a list of local businesses that you work with? Okay. So our website is localfirst.org. Like I said, we were one of the first organizations of our kind in the country. So we nailed that domain name really fast. So it's localfirst.org. We do have our member directory. And so you can check out our list of members in two places on our site. There's our member directory that's available year round. And then there's the shift your spending holiday guide that is live right now. And that has all of our members in it. So I hope we've just conveyed to everyone, you know, I think the one of the things you get about, you know, why someone wouldn't go to local first, uh, uh, sorry, of a local business is, oh, it's a more expensive product. And like through this conversation, we've opened up your eyes to the benefits of it, how it stays in the economy, how you ultimately might benefit more from it as well from shifting your spending. So I hope everybody learned something about buying local here. And we really hope to see you all Saturday, November 30th, out there shopping at our great local business um, neighborhoods and seeing. And you can find Kristen and myself out there. And uh, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having us, Paul. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah.